Thank you for listening to this episode of the Following Films Podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and into the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we're joined by two directors of two wonderful genre films playing at this year's Holly Shorts Festival. First up, we're joined by Ramon Menon to discuss his film, My Scary Indian Wedding. The film is about a cursed bridesmaid that has to track down and marry her soulmate to escape the wrath of a malevolent demon called the Manglik. The film uses Indian folklore to examine marital stigmas used against women that are still in practice in modern India and America. After the break, we're joined by Angelita Mendoza to discuss her film, The Blue Drum. That film focuses on the day of Letitia's father's funeral and the secrets that were long buried that begin to surface when Letitia's world is turned upside down and nothing is as she believes. But before we dive into our conversations with Ramon and Angelita, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookman's. Bookman's is your go-to independent bookstore, where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and so much more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling and in the magic of the cinematic arts. So if you're looking to expand your film, music, or movie collection, be sure to visit your nearest Bookman's. There's always something truly wonderful to uncover. Have you followed the Following Films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. If you haven't, head on over to Spotify, search for Following Films, and give us a follow. It really does help the show. So now, without further ado, here are the interviews. For more information about the Holly Shorts Festival, go to hollyshorts.com. And if you happen to be in the LA area this weekend, make sure you check out these films and discover some incredible emerging artists. And if you aren't near the LA area, go to Holly Short's website and pick up a virtual pass for the festival. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hello. Hey, Ramon, how are you today? Hey, how are you doing, sir? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Well, I loved the film I, I was i was really floored by it i had a great time with this movie um i'm just i i gotta ask right right out of the gate um just pulling off something of the scale that on um, what i assume is a limited budget the the effects in it the sound design the you know the costumes the locations everything that you're using i feel like you're really punching above your weight class with this thing oh thank you i really appreciate you saying that of course that uh it comes from a lot of pre-planning um that we did you know with me my cinematographer tommy we storyboard everything very cleanly and we go through the script many times and same thing with our production designers uh they're allison and sydney they're very good we are very particular with like you know trying to make sure the color palette was all going to hit because it's called my scary indian wedding it better be colorful even though it's a horror <laughs> movie so we right off the bat cinematographer and the production designers we decided that it's going to be it's it's going to be very saturated but it's going to be very contrasting so that was some of the things that we talked about and what colors were meant were supposed to were supposed to represent certain things like you know red was you know very easily death and blue was the innocence so we have blue only like twice during the movie mm. it, those kind of things that we were concentrating on and then of course i'm very particular when it comes to the location it take I, it took me forever to find the location and like i'm going from one place to the other i feel like i've gone through every spooky house every <laughs> every kind of open land that's available in and around the greater los angeles area and it doesn't feel like los angeles though this uh, it doesn't feel like something that i've seen a million times on film Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I really appreciate you that that you saying that and it also that it came off like that because that was the vibe that we were trying to go for. Like we we're honestly I was trying to go for like some sort of isolated feel, kind of like a little bit of like the Pacific Northwest kind of vibe. Yeah, not really. You don't know where you are, but uh, it, it, I definitely was going for that kind of Twin Peaks kind of uh, that kind of setting if I would like to you know that's one way to call it i guess san francisco maybe well it's island coastal feeling of some sort where is i have no idea i didn't feel like it was a specific locale it could have been a million different places that i think of but that was it just did feel um 
it felt spooky for lack of a better word everything about this it felt haunted in a way the location here it just had an eeriness throughout the whole thing oh good i'm i'm, I'm really happy that uh, you felt that it uh it really makes it makes us very happy that we pull that off because you know that's one of the biggest challenges in the horror movies like the technical stuff you know just getting everything right yeah comes to everything cinematography to the production design to the acting um you know and and and, and i'm a big uh sherlock holmes fan so and i'm a big hound of the basketballs fan so sure I, I'll put fog in anything inside, <laughs> inside a bathroom. I'll put fog. If I, have well, to. I, I was going to actually mention the fog specifically in the um, there's that very close to the opening when you have that fog rolling and she's running through that. And it's just, it felt like something from a hammer film. It was just had this just beauty to it. And I mean that as a compliment, because I love I'm, those films. I always take any comparison to hammer <laughs> as a compliment because I okay. love, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee fan. Yeah. I feel like, as soon as I said that, there's a dog barking outside. I feel like half of the basketballs are here. Uh, sorry, I'm going to turn off this AC because I think no, you're fine. You're fine. With the sound, yeah. So I'm very glad that uh, you thought of Hammer because I I'm a big fan of those guys. Yeah, and Terrence Fisher is like one of my favorite directors from the Hammer horrors. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm glad I'm glad you said Hammer because that's kind of the vibe I wanted it. Some people were like, is this going a little too far? Like, is this too, is this too um impressionistic? I said I'm a I'm also a, a Suspiria fan. So yes, of course. So I was just like, the more the crazier it looks, the better. You know, the more yeah. horror feel and vibe and impressionistic kind of German expressionism that we can throw in there. I, I say all this just to sound clever than I am. I just wanted to just make a very scary movie and just hope to scare the hell out of people. Well, I, if you are watching this film and you make it to the title sequence, I think you get an idea of what you're going to get when you watch this. You know you're not really holding the cards back to what you're going to be getting with this thing. Um, and and you actually pay off on it because I loved the titles in this. I thought they were wonderful because it just – the the style of it the the music score that you have behind it just the the sound mix on it is just phenomenal in that opening oh thank you thank you yeah it's like uh, it, it's weird like i'm i'm very i'm always trying to do something weird with the titles but i i feel like that's 100% a part of the movie and yes. whenever, you know like it's part of just getting the audience into a feel anytime somebody hits the title card right i'm like clapping or like i'm energized for the movie and i was just like this is not like a, the Berlin Symphony. This is like death <laughs> metal somewhere in the depths of Sweden. Uh, and I was like, this is, it needed to feel like that. And even somebody was saying, like, hey, are these titles going too fast? I'm like, it's, yeah, I say, I don't care. Like, I almost want it to be too fast. It's, it's, it's like the start of like a death metal song, you know, like it's almost like, what, 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 what was that? <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, I'm glad that you liked it because you know the, it could be very hit or miss, and uh, I'm glad you're one of the hits. Well, it's it's it's, it's one, one of those things. I think you probably have a similar reaction when I watch a film, and it feels like the titles are just tacked on, like it was something they're like, oh shit, we need to actually put titles on this thing in the end, and it doesn't feel like it's an actual part of the film. Um, right. That it's something obligatory that they just put on there. Um, you can have something that's minimalist, and it, and it still really fits the film, absolutely. But a there's a lot of times if I see something that's striking, I'm, I just kind of let my guard down and say, okay, this is, I'm, I know I'm in good hands at this point. I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Like it, it's, uh, whenever somebody says this, I'm, I'm really happy because it's like, uh, it's, it's one of those few things that some people can take for granted. And um, the way I felt the title should feel is almost like it's like a descent into hell, you know, like sure. it's just dropping down and, and it's, it's almost like dropping down too fast. And and of course, I'm a big uh, I'm a big proponent of like using the sound and the score to be very upfront. You know, like it's very in your face. It's uh, I think there was a quote by like Ridley Scott or someone who said um, that the music when you when people say that the music is not supposed to be noticed, he's like that's a bunch of bollocks. <laughs> you know, and I, I was like, yeah, hundred percent because. One of my favorite directors is Sergio Leone, and you know, like, what what is the what are those movies without the Morricone stuff? They're not, and yeah. Same thing with Insidious, uh, James Wan. Like, I feel like sure. very front and center. When I saw the title card of Insidious, I was like, yes, 
finally somebody <laughs> gets this. Finally, somebody's <laughs> taken a horror movie and done the European thing. You know, like Michael Haneke and all those guys have been doing it for a while, but mm-hmm. James Wan did the insidious thing. I was like, I think this man is changing the game right here. And he did. For yeah. sure. Uh, absolutely. It was, uh, I mean, it, the thing that I was struck with and I'll move on from this, but it was, uh, it was funny games. That was the thing that uh, it was, if I'm going to call like a sort of a comp to it and it's completely its own thing. I don't think you're aping that at all, but it was that same sort of feeling that I had when I saw that title card for the first time. I am so happy you said that because I loved the funny games title card. I've, yeah. anytime, and, and, you know, of course, both versions, of course, but you know, when I first saw the the original one, the Austrian one, uh, I was I was like, my God, the cheek of this man! It's and it's then that's what I was talking. It's so simple, but it is so goddamn perfect. He just nails it. So yes, no, and I, I'm thank you for saying that. I, I feel like even just the fact that you've said it, and if everybody else spits on the title <laughs> card, I'm I'm happy now. Okay, so but I, I, above all else, though, this is I mean you're kind of you have one actor that if you don't get this lead right in this thing for all the support that you have with a wonderful sound mix with you have with great music with a really thoughtful set design and the color palettes everything's working here if you don't get these this central performance right your movie doesn't work at all and that's not her role is not an easy one to pull off. And it's something that I it's by far more layered than you might think when you first watch it. Um, go back and rewatch this and see all the stuff that she's doing and telegraphing that you don't necessarily pick up the first time. It's really a she, great performance here. Oh, yeah. No, thank you very much for saying that. It's uh, our lead actress is Misha Milani. She's absolutely yeah. fantastic. She got it. Like I could see when we auditioned her itself. I was like, and we were very close we were close to filming, but we I just felt like we hadn't got the role down yet. You know, right. we just we just felt like we hadn't got the right people. And, you know, like 90 percent of directing is casting. And I felt like we were very far away from what we needed. And people underestimate horror acting. They just think, oh, you just have to scream and you just have to open your eyes wide and whatever. I think it's the I think it's probably the toughest style of performance to give in any genre you know in any yeah in in film uh because i feel like misha took it to a place where she made everything real for her you know she was always she kept asking me like is this too campy is this too campy i was like no no misha i would tell you if this is campy you're killing it like yeah and and she'd always like you know you're not you're not saying anything you're just saying go again i'm like that's because you're doing fine it's it's a technical reason that yeah. we're, we're going. She was absolutely stunning. Like I could take from now, from after the editor finished the movie, I can take any screen grab of her performance, and that could be a, a still or a poster image. Like oh, yeah. that damn good. And it's all I would say that's all pretty much her doing that kind of stuff. I mean, we gave the little tinkering and and you know, it kind of restricting her to the my 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 little stick figure storyboards. But she followed it to a T because she's I don't think she's done many horror movies before. So this was new territory, but you would not be able to tell. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that the thing that I was really impressed with her is that she's able all horror movies have this. You have to have empathy because you have people that are going to be doing stupid things. For the entire film making bad choices that's how the narrative usually propels itself is by making mistakes and you want to pull for them the good horror films that you're invested in these people and her you are what you are absolutely feeling for this girl and what she's going through that night um and that's kind of the magic trick of this movie really is that you have to care about her or this thing doesn't work i'm i'm glad you do because uh we would all be we'd all be getting a call from me and say, i told you it was campy <laughs> Well, she it's a she has to act against an app for yeah. a good portion of this and she sells it. And and that's not an easy thing to do. Oh yeah. And and also like, you know, just considering the house and the co- the costume that she was in was not the easiest thing to be running around in. The footwear, like and and you know, of course we were yeah. calling out because a lot of the stuff is uh, the um the the um the app talking, the matchmaker guy talking, and uh, who happens to be my brother in the final movie he's got a but, great voice yeah he 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 we, we he he thinks like he should be the next Shere Khan 
<laughs> so I said, you know, you know, one one thing at a time. Let's just get through this first. You know, let's not uh, let's not let the egos come in the way yet. Um, so, but I felt like for Misha to be able to act against the 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 basically it was my producer Analia calling out the dialogue of mm-hmm. the matchmaker, doing that, following my blocking and and the cinematographer's blocking along with the Steadicam. And running around in that costume with a very limited amount of time, she pulled off quite the feat of a performance. Like, I thought it was a powerhouse performance. My favorite performance I've had in a movie that I've done. I I could see why. She's great. And I think that this is something that um, it's kind of thankless when you nail it in a horror film because people... Um, they don't appreciate like genre fans do of course they they can you know they, they can tell the difference between uh good acting and bad acting of course but there's this assumption that if it's a decent performance then we'd be calling it a thriller or something else that it would you wouldn't stick the uh, scarlet h on it in the end oh yeah i mean like i say boo-hoo to that because <laughs> <laughs> because i mean some of my the, some of my favorite performances are like in the horror movies so same here yeah, so I mean, you got Rosemary's Baby, you got The Shining, you got The Night House with Rebecca Hall. I mean, like, some it's of phenomenal. Stuff. She's so yeah. good in that. That's such a great yeah. film, man. That's a yes. I actually just caught up with that a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, she's something else, man. <laughs> she is amazing, and you know, like, I, like when I saw that, I was like, see, this is an Oscar nomination that needs to happen, but because it's the genre, they kind of ignore it, you yep. know, and. Say you know, like movies like Possession with Isabella Johnny, like that that kind of stuff. Honestly, that was the movie that I showed Misha. Uh, I showed Misha a scene from that, and I said, "Look, I hate doing this. I know you're not supposed to do this. This whole like show the other movie." Yeah. I said, "This is not like I don't want you to copy this, but this is the the tone of the movie. This is this is how wild we can force this. You can always bring it back if it's not real to you, but." the movie is going to be this tone. Like it's this, like I kept telling everybody Swedish death metal. That's what we're going for. If you're showing people possession, (laughs) that's a film that is not for everybody for sure. You could definitely have people that I could see you just use moments and say, okay, just watch this. Cause if you watch it in totality, you could definitely scare off uh, some people that might be faint of heart. Oh yeah. 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 No, definitely. I, I, I don't want to put everyone through the whole thing. (laughs) I think that I'll, I'll I only say I only save that to to the romantic interest people that I have, um, but uh, but I feel like it's 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 an important movie to um, it's an important movie to see for this kind just for tone like I I yeah. feel like it it helps you know like we were always told like don't show movies that's an easy cheap trick to do to actors I'm and I'm not saying like show them and tell them to like ape the performance. I'm right. more like trying to give them um, whatever help they can get to kind of get into the spirit of the movie. Like, I mean, like I was saying, we're talking about Sergio Leone. He used to play music on the set. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm Sergio Leone by any means, because that'd be a fucking cheeky thing to say. <laughs> but um, but like I'm like trying to do like whatever I can do to get everyone into the spirit of things True. Like, like my cinematographer he hates horror movies like honestly the guy can't stand horror movies but i have to like force him to look at these images of these gruesome things that he's like oh god like how many sh- how many close-ups of eyes getting poked do you want me to see and that's like I, I, yeah you know, I, I, I trauma always works if you're looking for something that's going to be effective for an audience. That always. <laughs> yes yes i always save the dario argento stills for him yeah, so, z- zombies are rough one. I, I, yeah, just that one moment. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, 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 I, I saved the Fulci stuff because I think that, that's where he quits and says, I, "I'm going to go do a musical." No more. No, no, none of this Fulci crap. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm Sorry. so happy that you enjoyed the performance of Misha. You know, and and I'm very grateful for her and not just her for to Patrick, who's the lead. And uh, who played Vikram, and then Lexa, who also absolutely killed it playing this Agreed. pretty much. I mean, like, I mean, spoilers be damned and all that, but it's it's like she's playing a couple of characters here. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, uh yeah, I, 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 it's one of those things. I think I could tell people what's happening here, and I wouldn't ruin it, but I don't want to because mm-hmm. it, this is one of those things that does have just a nice little bow 
on the end yes. of this. And I wouldn't want to take that away from anybody. I don't think that the joy in this movie is knowing that that turn of events that happens in the end of it, uh, because there's a lot more than that. It's not something that falls apart based on that, but I, sure. uh, I don't want to take it away from anybody, but I will say that this ending, um, it was wonderful. Like I, there, I, I just have a reaction when things are incredibly dark that it just, like, that it actually goes to certain places. It just makes me laugh. And this thing, like I was saying in our email exchange, it just had me dying. I was just laughing out <laughs> loud by how dark the ending for this thing was, man. It was great. I'm 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 so happy to hear you say that because I mean I'm a sick motherfucker and <laughs> I'm a big Brian De Palma fan so anytime I can kind of like have the the tongue in cheek moments there I mean I wouldn't say I want to make fun of the movie but I kind of am like stepping back in certain points just to throw in the little like this is a horror movie and it's we're gonna fun. and we're gonna take it there. Uh, so I'm so happy that you get that reaction because yeah, pe- different people can see it in different ways, and I'm I'm kind of like the uh, like yeah, like I said, the the sick satirist approach to you know the pessimist of the of the bunch. So I'm, I'm but I'm glad that you saw it that way too, which is uh, it, it, that was the point, and I feel I hope it worked for you the whole and then the lead up to it no absolutely and it's something that um it's the because it's it's that extra beat at the end that makes it and this is the example that i go to often times but it's the you know you could have ended the film when you find when the reveal of what is going on and you could just stop there but you give it that extra moment at the end of what the reality of this is and it's like it's why the ending of the graduate is so phenomenal it's because they run away they break out of the church and then they're on the bus and everything sucks and it's that extra moment that you have in the end that you get to reflect on it that makes that work so well and that's what i love about this that it has that grounded moment at the end of this of like just this hell that they're in now and it's just yeah I, i love it it's phenomenal man Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we just uh, it it felt like we needed to do that, especially because the movie's called My Scary Indian Weddings. We have to, <laughs> we have to deliver on that title at some point because, um, you, you know, like I, I, I mean, I I would try to do the shortcut version, but no, like I, I think I, I'm glad that we did it that way. And because, yeah, and that, that was the other thing I was trying to avoid was we usually have the turn and the reveal and to cut to black and you yeah. go to the title card. I now just like, how do we like not do that this time? Just one time. Well, I'll go back to doing it, but, um, but it's just this one time not to do it. So I'm glad that it worked for you. And I'm hoping um, there's going to be a feature, maybe not this exact idea, but from you a feature, because I, I want more, man. This was a great film. I had a great time with this. And one of the things I love about shorts and going to film festivals that have shorts blocks or shorts festivals is just being able to discover new filmmakers and coming across voices like yours that are become people that I want to follow for years to come. So I, I hope there's more in the pipe, man. Oh yeah. I mean, we ideally like to turn this into a feature. Good. In a, you know, of course we'll expand it and, you know, it will do different things in a different way, but I would say, in terms of the horror element, that will stay. That is going to be the tone that we want to go. But yes, we definitely want to do a feature of this. There's another feature that I'm developing called The Pay, which is a social media monster movie that I did right before this. That had had a good festival run. So, But this one, I feel, is something that tonally is very much what I like to do. Like, it's very much that Suspiria uh, insidious, um, the omen kind of vibe that I love those movies. And I was just trying to be, like, not even say pay homage, but kind of like do my sick twisted version of it. Well, I think that there's something that happens when you make your own art. It's you become a reflection of the things that you loved. And it's not just horror. It's all the things that were there. It's, um, you know, you were mentioning Twin Peaks. And while that's not direct horror, I think there's a lot of people that, 
you know, I'm 46, so I'm 47 now. And so there's a lot of people that are at my age that saw that show way too young and got turned on to David Lynch way too early and started <laughs> seeing all those things. And it just gets etched into your DNA. So there's these little images that you end up pulling upon. And when you're thinking of how do I shoot this, it's just there. You don't need, it's just a part of how you react to things and how you see things and your humor is based in that. So yeah, I, I, I for me, I have a feeling um, when I see a film like this, that we would have had similar rental histories at the video yes. store. I, I 100% can see that. I can I can tell the fact that you're talking, you're you, that you get you were laughing at the right parts. <laughs> and the fact that you find Lynch that funny, I think we'd we, we'd get along very well. And 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 also the fact that you're saying you're 47 come on this is that's a bunch of bullshit you definitely do not look 47 oh, well thank you for saying that i appreciate it but no yeah 47 yeah Damn. just uh, well, as of august 1st so it still hasn't fully registered yet but yeah <laughs> 47 well, it, now well you either you're benjamin button or you're drinking <laughs> kool-aid that i need to get my hands on as soon as possible <laughs> yeah no but i it, it, i feel like it's it when when we're like kind of pulling from stuff in terms of inspirations and all that um that that is something that it, it comes front and center and then it turns into its own thing like like say for instance with the music in this and the sound design sound design is very suspiria and very lynch actually yeah like, there's a lot of wind and that kind of thing going and uh my sound designer was like we're, we're gonna be brave colin lechner he's great and he's like we're gonna be brave you like that shit we're gonna go for it and uh, my composer Thomas Peters, he's also we we we've worked on the score for like four or five months. Yeah, like, it was like people are like, "What the hell?" Like, but but we were very particular on putting this together. Which Every was- time we were there and just revisions and revisions, and we finally able to get it to a point where even if everybody else hates it, I'm pretty happy with both sound mix and the uh, music. It shows. I, I, it's one of the things that. Uh, for me, when I'm watching independent films, I think that it's one area that people need to spend more money on and more focus on. It's if you get a good sound mix, get a good sound design, because we can forgive all sorts of other sins. But really, it's that that's the thing that'll up the quality of your film, probably yeah. above all else, because you can have beautiful shots. But if they're tied to bad sound, it's it all falls apart for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think that also speaks volumes to like uh, pre-planning that stuff as well. Yeah. Like like I sent the script to both the sound designer and um, the composer and I was like, we're doing this. So get ready, you know, so like mentally they're ready for it. So they're not yeah. just like when they see the footage, it's not just like, oh, this is totally different from what I was thinking. So at least it gives them time. And then they're like, oh, that movie you talked about, like, Six months ago, where the hell is it? And then finally, it's there. Like one day, it just pops up in the end. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on this, man. You got something special. Uh, thank definitely you. looking forward to more because I, I had a great time with this. When are you screening? Uh, we are screening on Friday, August 11th at 10 p.m. at the Horror Block at uh, Holly Shorts at the uh, TCL Chinese Theater. Uh, please, if, if you guys hear this before that day, come, come join us because... It's a great block. You know, I don't know what the hell we're doing in it, but the, <laughs> the other filmmakers in there, I've seen some of their other work. They're they're excellent. You know, Natalie Metzger, the Nuhash Humayun, then Meg Swartlaw. I've seen some of their stuff and they're all very good. And there's like some other stuff that's coming out that look really good. So come check out the block. Hope you don't hate us too much. But uh, and if you do, pretend you like this. Don't say anything. Don't, heck <laughs> don't be modest, man. People are going to they're going to react to this. I I know this is going to have its audience, the block that you're in. Yeah. You're going to do really well. You're going to, I I'm very jealous that I'm based in Arizona and I won't be there this Friday, but yeah, I, uh, I'll be thinking about you, man. I've been pulling for you. So I hope, I hope it goes well. Thank you so much, Chris. Really, really appreciate it. And, uh, hope, Hopefully we come to Arizona and we'll we'll grab a drink. We'll, Done. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that, man. Let's do it. No, 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 no. you don't need to hold me to it. I'll be. <laughs> All right, brother. Nice to meet you, man. Thank Take care. you so much, Chris. Nice meeting you. Take right, care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookmans. Do you have books, movies, or music gathering dust on your shelves? Give them a new life at Bookman's. They gladly accept trade-ins and buy used media. Clear up some space for new artistic journeys. 
while knowing that your books, movies, and music will find a loving home. On my latest trip to Bookman's, I found a copy of the 1946 film, Beauty and the Beast. This film is an absolute classic and a cinematic treasure that has stood the test of time, captivating audiences for generations now. This film is extraordinary. It weaves a spellbinding tale that touches the heart and ignites your imagination. From the very first frame, the exquisite artistry and attention to detail transport you to a mesmerizing realm of fantasy and wonder. Cocteau's visionary direction infuses each scene with poetic elegance, and it allows the story to unfold in a visually stunning and emotionally resonant manner. One cannot help but be captivated by the production design and breathtaking cinematography. The opulent castle, with its haunting corridors and magical rooms, becomes a character in itself. And this isn't like when people say New York is a character in the film. This is a literal character in the film. The ethereal lighting and intricate set pieces create a visual feast that immerses the audience in a realm of enchantment. What truly sets this rendition of Beauty and the Beast apart is its ability to delve beyond the surface and explore the complexities of human nature. The film delves into themes of love, sacrifice, and the transformative power of acceptance. It reminds us that true beauty lies within and that appearances can be deceiving. The allegorical elements presented throughout the story add depth and thought-provoking layers, making it a timeless tale with universal resonance. Beauty and the Beast, it's nothing short of a triumph when it comes to storytelling and craftsmanship, a true cinematic gem that continues to captivate audiences even after decades. There's very few things you can see that were made 80 plus years ago, or almost 80 years now, I guess, if I'm doing my math correctly, um, that still hold up. That stands as a testament to the power and imagination and the enduring appeal of a tale as old as time. If you seek a film that transports you to a world of magic, look no further than this timeless masterpiece. I cannot recommend the film highly enough and recommend that you go to your local Bookman's to unearth your new favorite film. Remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. How's oh, my audio? <laughs> you're good. You're good. I Yeah, sounds fine. So I trust me, the audio is not as important as not having heat. So if you need to have the window open and we hear some fire engines or whatever in the background, dogs barking, no big deal. It just gives it a more uh, lived-in feel. Not Not a problem. Awesome. Just a few minutes ago, there was an ice cream truck outside. So I'm actually glad of that went away. <laughs> that would be a first. I haven't had an ice cream truck show up in this background <laughs> noise, but awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this tonight. I really appreciate it, especially on such short notice. For sure. Thank you so much for for having me and for interviewing me. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on the film. You you've made a really fun one here. I had a really good time with this. To, despite everything that this film is dealing with um that was I, i'm not sure how personal this film is for you other than the fact that you made it but um having lost my dad this year this was something that was really dealing with a lot of stuff that was really raw for me and dealt with it in a really honest way that i really appreciated it and i felt like this is something that is by far more than just a genre film that you're dealing with something with care um that could very easily have been just pushed through um to get to the ending of this thing and it, i think your focus here is really on um what this woman is going through um having lost a family member yeah um yeah definitely and and to me uh, uh well inspiration of course drawn from from life but also from um from cases and real cases of of people that also you know, uh, disappear. And I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something like, uh, actually funny, not funny, but, uh, you know, you draw for inspiration for everywhere. And, um, and for me, this is actually, uh, based on a forensic files case, actually, that's the one thing that inspired it. And, um, it's, they're always, you know, there's a lot of dark material they deal, deal with. And of course, all true crime is dark material. But mm -hmm. this is a, one of the first times that I actually, it brought me to tears. And so I, I knew this is something that I wanted to talk about and something that I wanted to, you know, to, yeah, to have people experience in a way that is not like sewing your face and trying to tell you like what to feel or what to think. But um, 
you know, uh, another part of that is to like, um, like you said, grief, when you go through grief uh, and, and like I, the idea of discovering something about a person that you've known your whole life and, and realizing everything that you thought about them was actually a lie yeah. or your whole life is a lie. And, and just kind of delving with those kind of like darker issues of, of, you know, things that people do go through and um, yeah. And, but also like give it a, a, a feeling of like, you know, you get the emotional side, but still a fun ride in a way, I hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. No, no, it's at all times, there's not a point in the film where I'm not engaged with these characters and where they're going and what film. I know that this is, um, you know, in the, I know this is a genre film, so I, ha- I don't know where this is headed, but I know that something is going to happen here. Some, But that's not what, for me, was propelling this forward. It was really the complications of you know the different points of view around this family member when they passed and they had different relationships with the same person and it's a you know are you painting you know the, a false picture of this person and seeing them with rose-colored glasses or is this person being too harsh on them is this person just was completely not a part of it or what does this look like you know why are people acting the way they are and that's what i was really fascinated and interested in in this story and then that kind of made me forget about the genre stuff. And as it starts presenting itself, um, you're more invested at that point. So I think that it really does work because of that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's another thing too, about people like, uh, in general, I don't know. I, I think of myself or other people. I, I feel like not a single person in anyone's life actually knows all parts of them. Like yeah. there's a side that you show to your parents, uh, your spouse, uh, a side that you show to your friends. And not everyone gets that 100% full picture. And, and it's times like that sometimes uh, when uh, 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 somebody does pass that you start kind of discovering all these different sides of them as well. And none of those are dishonest necessarily. They're just different facets of the individual um, because there are I, probably my wife knows me better than anybody, but I never present myself the way that I present at work when I'm in a professional, that's, that is a part of me though, the way that I present myself in those, in those environments, in those rooms. So it is part of who I am, but I would never show her that side of myself because it would be fucking awkward and inappropriate, but it's something that is a part of me. So I, that she might not really see me in that way ever, but it is a part of who I am, if that makes sense. Like when they overhear like a zoom meeting that. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's 100% exactly what that is. Cause we, everybody started working remote in the last couple of years and my day job, that is it. I, I work remote. So yeah, she hears me in a work environment. She's like, my God, who are you? That kind of thing. So every third word's not an F bomb and you, you're like, you're put together and presentable. What is this? Who is this person? So yeah, it, it's not completely phony. So, but yeah. Anyway, but yes, I agree with you. Um, so then you took inspiration from a forensic files episode um, because it hit you that emotional chord with this. Is that kind of the ending that I'm seeing here? Cause it's not something when this thing, I don't want to give it away necessarily, but I don't think it's dependent upon the, the re- reveal at the end. I think that it's almost just secondary when you find out uh, because it, the ending isn't about that scare or that, you know, it's really about the reaction to it and the reveal of what had been happening that whole time. It's the emotional gut punch in the end, more so than the thrill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, the Forensic Files episode is the the end of the short is the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode. Got it. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to go find this episode. And watch it. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you the the name of the of the case, and and you'll be able to find it. But yeah, it's uh, it really hit home, and and like that idea, like I said, of um, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna give it away. Maybe people will already have seen it by the time we <laughs> they no. hear this. <laughs> but don't 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 give it away because I it, I won't give it away. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there, there's people that are very sensitive to that, and I want people to see this. I want them to take the time to go check this out because I think that they will have a good time with this, despite 
what you're dealing with in this film. I think that this is an enjoyable watch. This is not something that is a painful set. This is something you will have a good time um, that it does have the creepy moments and it does get you to jump a few times, but it's also, you give a shit about the people that are, you know, in these situations. So I think it does matter. So, uh, but don't give away the ending at all. Oh, I won't. It's a hard okay. to like kind of talk about the inspiration without giving away the ending. That's a, that's only where I was, <laughs> that's where I was going. If I get into it, they're like, oh, wait, I kind of have an idea. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't really talk about it at all. But um, but yeah, also like um, I'm actually in the process of, uh, of I'm working on the feature version of it, the writing of it. Oh, phenomenal. So it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not exactly it's it's in the vein of it has that element. It's it also is going to be um, starting with the ending uh, of this short. That's what, that, that's what um, so, I was hoping because I felt yeah. like this was the movie had just sort of it was almost there was a prologue that I just watched right now. I felt like this had just kind of revealed there's so much more story to be told here. Um, and, and will it fall? I guess you don't need to give that away, but I just wanted to spend more time with this character trying to uncover what happened in the past with what she has in the present. So like trying to put together that story and how she would react with that. And can you talk a little bit about the casting here? Cause I, I wasn't familiar with your lead. She's a, I'm in Tucson, Arizona, so I guess she's from oh. Phoenix. So, but she does such a wonderful job in this. She's a, just a great performance at the center of this piece. Oh yeah, no, she's, she's amazing. I, we, um, we cast it through breakdown uh, services and mm -hmm. um, you know, we sent out uh, we had a, a few people send in, um, you know, th their auditions cause it was all virtual because it was during it was 2021. So it's, you know, still very much like the beginning of production again, you know? And um, so we couldn't do any like in-person casting or anything like that, but um, no, she was, she was amazing. And then she just, she just blew me away. So um you know, I was, I was really sure I wanted uh, to work with her. Um, and my male lead, um, I had actually um, uh, tried to cast him in a different, in a previous short and uh, it didn't work out. Like the timing didn't work out. And I was able to work with him on this one, which was super exciting. And um, he is currently on a series uh, called Primos. It's mm -hmm. a TV show. And um, also, uh, one cool thing about the two of them is I feel like they really put in the work, even though it was all virtual and everything, they really put in the work um, of like kind of building their relationship Agreed. because to me um, uh, it's surprising that like there, there are so many moments in the, in the script that, uh, you know, um, that I felt were strong on the, on paper. Right. And other other parts that I didn't I knew were important because it had to do with backstory and context and everything. And it were important in that sense, but in more of like an exposition sense. And what they did with it together, it was it blew me away. I, I just it's the most emotional scene to me, like the most like warm, the the saddest uh scene that they have, like in the in the closet, like this whole yeah. like thing that happens between the two of them their dynamic is so like there's so much going on that i i just i love it i love it. it's my favorite scene uh now in the film well, and uh even with all the fun scare scenes that, <laughs> that are in there like that was the one that really that really touches me well their relationship feels lived in it feels very real organic it feels like there's a history here which is uh you know, chemistry. Uh, it's that thing that is really tough to pull off, especially in a virtual environment to build that that way. Um, and you do feel that there's years between these two outside of the frames of this film. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they, they did the work on that one. And it's really wild. Like when you write something, you imagine the words in a certain way in your head, but like when it comes out of a really great actor i'm like what i wrote that like that it's to me it's like they turn it into something completely different and i'm i i'm always amazed at like what they bring to it you know and and yeah and and for me um it really is uh you know finding the right people and letting them play letting them do what they do and um and i never have to worry about them they're always going to give me everything that um more than i even expect so 
So yeah, casting is always <laughs> number Huge. one for me. Casting and actually the other thing that's number one for me always is uh, location. Sure. And that location, I it was it was a find. It was great. It's a really great location. Um, just is this all shot in that one house then, or did you have to use multiple locations to get the basement and everything? Or okay, we were really lucky. We, I mean, we, you know, we were scouting. At, it's you know, it's a low budget production. Um, yeah, we were we were lucky enough to have uh, support from um, Nali, which is a National Association of Latino Independent Producers. And it was sponsored by by Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you know, it's all contained a three-day shoot. It had to be, we had to shoot this really fast because um, our timeline was, being that it was part of this incubator, it was, it was a really quick timeline. Like from we were when we were chosen to when we delivered, it was like, uh, I believe, so it was beginning, beginning of July that we were chosen. We were delivering by uh, the end of September, by October 1st. So it was wow. like really fast. That's <laughs> yeah. huge. That's a really yeah. quick turnaround. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was quick. So we really needed to make sure that our production, like it was all contained. Um, it went fast, and you know, like we got as many, I guess, pages done in a day that we could. Like, um, I, and you know, trying to get them done in three days uh, maximum. And um, and yeah, we found like the perfect location. It had everything that we needed. Uh, uh, like a big thing, like especially with um, with stuff. You know, it's it's like an independent production. It's a small production. So. You need to, um, for me, like to give it a lot of production value. If you can find the right place that, um, it, you know, that it just, you don't have to do a lot to, you're already going to, it's going to look more expensive as well. You know what I mean? Like it's going to look, it's going to get higher production value because you don't have to dress it up. You don't have to bring everything in. There's stuff already there. So yeah, it was, it, 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 it was great. It had a basement. It had two floors. Uh, we shot in two bedrooms. There was so many like rooms in that house and the kitchen as well. And in the living room and dining room. So there, there was so many rooms in that house. There's actually some rooms that we didn't get to shoot in that. I'm like, I just want to write a scene for this room, <laughs> like the bathroom, because it was like all like, uh, you know, an older house. It had all this like original details. And, and it just I. I almost writer, wanted to write uh, scenes for the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved the opening shot of the film and the reflection and when the camera turns around on that and i thought it was just so pretty the way you did that and i thought that it really did show off not only just the house but the yard and everything and just have that such a i i i was wondering if that was something because it's such a beautifully composed shot and that you pulled off on such a tight schedule is that something that you had planned that ahead of time or is that something that you saw the house and said okay i need to do this shot this way here the first shot, the one, the turning shot, mm -hmm. with the, that yep. was, uh, so my husband is a cinematographer and um, oh, he's, shot, nice. he has, he's shot everything. We, we've worked together. Like we kind of pushed each, uh, each other to, you know, get into narrative and that like, you know, do that because I was doing, I, I'm a promo editor, uh, by trade. So mm -hmm. like that, like I was doing something like completely different than this and, but we've always loved movies and we've always wanted to do it. So we've been push, pushing each other and we're each other's team. Like, He's a DP, like he's in charge of that and he helps produce and we write together and um, I edit. So yeah, it's a, a little bit of everything. And, um, and it was, it was all, that's, I, that's all him. And I, I do believe actually that he came up with the shot when I'm like looking over, he's over there. <laughs> <laughs> when we saw the house, is that what, I think that's when he came up with the shot because the shot was, uh, yeah, when we saw the house, I believe that's when he came up with it. And we knew we wanted um, that car, which is my father's car. He drove it up from San Diego. Um, it made it somehow. Um, but, so, um, you know, it was uh, like, um, I think once he saw the car and saw the window and and saw the, like, the beautiful, um, you know, entrance that uh, he kind of came up with that. Also, like, we love to do uh, shot, like transforming shots. Mm -hmm. It just consolidates um, shots as well. I think it looks, you know. Um the the economy of how much story you tell with just that simple camera move is just so incredible it's just something that you're getting across so much with such little time and it's something that just there's a grace in it that i really responded to thank you thank you yeah that's that's like our that's the thing we like to do like i said and <laughs> more a time thing and beauty we want to add beauty to it, but you know the time as well um and uh yeah like trying to get it 
consolidating shots actually actually you know i i read something somewhere i believe it was luca guadagnino yes luca guadagnino said that um he felt that whenever you um like basically tie someone's hand behind their back they come up with more creative things so like uh there was um call me by your name he told the dp he had one lens and he had to choose wisely and and that kind of like i've always thought of that and so I've kind of incorporated, we've incorporated that kind of thing with this film. Actually, we shot with only one lens. And that's another reason for some of the creativity in the shots as well. Limitations can really lead to beautiful things that you, if you have all the time, all the money, it, it can be something that I I don't think anybody ever has that, that luxury really, for the most part, there's always limitations, but it's something that you end up with beautiful things that uh, you wouldn't have done otherwise, where, you know, it's, it's the shark in jaws. It's all these things that you end up having to work around that end up making things truly work in the end. So yeah, limitations are incredibly important. So yeah, that's, I think what really just breeds creativity. It's uh, this is what we want to get across with what we have. How do we make that work? It's the uh, Robert Rodriguez. I have a guitar, a bus and a dog. Okay. I can, I'll go make Desperado that kind of thing. So it's just, yeah, I, I really do respond to that stuff. But um, so how is it working so closely with your husband and all these things, that kind of partnership is uh relationships can be hard sometimes and then working relationships uh, can be hard sometimes and sometimes we need a break from the other and so we can throw ourselves into one and say okay you know had a had a rough night at at home let's go into the office tomorrow and throw myself into that or you know had a rough day at work i'm just going to go home and i can bitch to my wife about it and it'll be it'll be okay cuz she's got my back when you've had a tough day with your dp who who do you complain to on those days <laughs> Like the cool thing about us, like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel this is like, we can't really, we don't hold grudges and we don't really get mad for very long. And I grew up with all brothers. So I, I, I don't know, like the way that we grew up, it, it, yeah, you would fight and like an hour later, you're like, oh, let's watch something or let's eat this. And like, yeah. you just kind of get over it. Like you don't hold a grudge. And, and so we're kind of like that, like I, we can separate, like we're like, we could be like in a heated argument about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, or we want this or we want that or this lens or that lens or whatever, you know, and um, at, at home, like we never bring that to the, to the set. On Good. set, we're like, you know, super professional, like we're, we need to stay calm. We're, we're each the boss of our team yeah. and we can't bring our stress to them. If we have any stress, we take it home and we deal with it. And if there's something we're dealing with in our own departments and we don't know how to resolve, when the night's over and sometimes a very, very late night, we still talk about it and we come up with solutions because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all a team and we got to get it done. Um, but yeah, we don't bring that stress to set. And um, and we've been told we, you know, like, people are surprised that we work so well together <laughs> because I know, like, uh, you know, like you can, you could forget uh the heatedness that you you can bring at home and, and bring it to set you know like but we don't do that <laughs> that's like, for the best i'm sure yeah yeah plus like i said like uh whenever we discuss anything we get over it quickly so and we eventually find a solution so i mean you know <laughs> so uh you're, you're in the process of writing the feature is this something that is the kind of the calling card the the proof of concept at this point that you're looking to expand on this as it is um then at that point or is it something that would be kind of a start over from the beginning and redo this whole thing it's a start over the only thing has in common in a way is uh is i don't know a little bit of the the lead there's mm -hmm. there's a lead there's a father and there's a drum so <laughs> <laughs> Those things That's are enough. No, I got, I got you. All right, that works. But like the whole background and like who they are. Um, plus, it's very limited anyway. Like knowing who they are and um, in such a short amount of time, you know. So, um, so I'm giving them a whole different story uh, okay. as a background and who they are. But um, and there's going to be a lot of elements. Um, you know, uh, there's going to be a ghost story and there's going to be, uh, you know, a mystery a separate mystery that needs to be solved and resolved um, as well as kind of like a, as a B story. So, Excellent. so yeah, but the ghost story is going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be 
the main focus uh, in in our feature. Well, for the time being, when uh, are you screening at Holly? Oh, I'm screening. So it's really complicated the way I say it. <laughs> so it's Saturday night at midnight, but technically it's the 13th at midnight. You know what I mean? So- yes. So Sunday morning, <laughs> 12 a.m. That yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sunday 12, morning, 12 a.m. 1 a.m. is like the, it's because if you say yeah, got it. Or 11:59 p.m. <laughs> there you <on> go. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I think that works better because everyone's like, oh, Sunday, like, <laughs> oh, I work. No, 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 Saturday night. Saturday night, like a true like midnight screening, you know. <laughs> Man, what a great slot for it! That's fantastic. That's a perfect time to see this film. That's really cool. That's great. Um, how are you feeling about it? You got to be excited, nervous. I, I'm I'm really excited. We actually um, were selected uh, for for our, our one of our previous shorts called The Last Light for Holly Shorts, and it was in the middle of the pandemic. So I was like, oh, like I, I've heard, like uh, there's Holly Shorts is uh, like this and Scream Fest were the festivals we wanted to get into, and we we got into both. And to me, it's like I don't know, I achieved greatness. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I'm really excited. I, I don't I don't know what to expect uh, from the festival. I, I I've heard such great things about people who have attended in person. I haven't gotten a chance, so I'm like. I'm very excited about about that, and and you know the fact that it's a midnight screening is is a lot of fun. I'm sure uh, you know all the the whole block is is a, a midnight block, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. those are always the best to me. <laughs> I, I I can legitimately say some of my favorite festival moments have been at midnight screenings. So yes, uh, that's a to me that's a coveted spot. That's if I was uh, doing anything, I would want it to be at the midnight spot because that's that's prime real estate for me. So yeah, congratulations on that. Well deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. When uh, whenever I go to festivals um, and I, if we're not screening, I directly I will buy the midnight block <laughs> always like for for uh, especially when you go to uh, like a festival that has features and, and shorts and stuff like that, you don't mm-hmm. always have time to see the shorts. I'm like, all right, but the midnight shorts, I will watch no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I always try to check out the shorts blocks when I go to festivals because I, I, it's just a wonderful way to just spend an hour, two hours, and discover five new filmmakers. And I just, that's always fun for me just to hear new voices like yours, Angie, and just to come across these new people and say, okay, this is a, a name that I have to put in my mental Rolodex as a, just when I see this name pop up again, okay, great. I, I'm on board. I, I have new people that I can follow now because that's, you know, I'm just a greedy American consumer looking for more <laughs> stuff. So I'm glad to have found one more filmmaker to follow at this point. Thank you for you know checking out my film and for thank and thank you for enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just grateful that you've given me the time uh, you know to to talk about it and 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 yeah I thank you so much. No, thank you, thank you for taking the time and congratulations on the film. You got a special one here. So thank if you. I if I didn't respond to it, I wouldn't have reached out. So I, I, <laughs> that, that would have <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your night. And congratulations. I hope the screening goes well. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
always crack.